Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever we're catching you, whichever time zone you're on. Thank you for joining us. This is the She's So Out of Order podcast, where we discuss learning to push through your flaws and imperfections rather than hiding them in in the dark. In this podcast, we learn how to confront and heal and deal with our issues as a community. We are controversial, funny, and safe in that order. In this episode, Republicans versus Democrats, we will be discussing... Uh, the, the Republicans versus Democrats and our thoughts on why we're on either side or against either side. I'm your co-host, Tierney Hardaway, and our host and founder, Eureka Dethruth. Good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time's on your end, this is your girl, Eureka Dethruth. I would like to welcome you all to another episode of She's So Out of Order podcast. This is the episode that I have been waiting on And low-key, this is the reason why I started this podcast, just to talk about this episode right here, Republican versus Democrat. When I watched the Netflix documentary 13 by Ava DuVernay, it really opened my eyes to the fact that the Democrat Party has really has played a huge part in what is going on in the African-American community. They created a lot of different laws and stuff that has affected our people, that have caused people to go to jail for 10, 20 in life. They have also have created programs and stuff that really has not helped us to grow, but has hindered us. So I got two powerful brothers on this morning to talk about what is going on. We have Mr. Isaiah Ike Haynes. Um, He is from Miami, Florida. He is a teacher and health educator. He is also is a the founder of a mentor program called Building Godly Men. Um, He's just he got he's a husband of the past eight years to a beautiful wife. He have two lovely sons, Ezekiel and Elijah. So I'm so happy to be able to have him. This he's a pastor, street pastor internet pastor, whatever it is, but he is a man that is after God's heart. And so I can't wait to hear from what he has to say. We also have Mr. Sharif, and I believe the last name is Sheffy, but I'm sure that he is going to correct me if I said it wrong. Um, He is an author for, I believe it's called Black Fathers Matters, if I'm not mistaken. Um, He also has his own um, organization where he helps mentor um, young brothers. He also um, helped them with their developing their minds and other skills and football skills and stuff. And he has a podcast himself. And he's just doing a bunch of more other positive things out here in this community. I'm going to have both of them just to share a little bit more deeper on what they're doing um, in our community. Um, so I'm going to start with Sharif. Go ahead, brother. Well, good morning, everybody. Assalamu alaikum. Um, <clears throat> I'm a father of eight children. Well, six, six children. And um, I'm a grandfather of eight. And so um, I've been working in this room for a long time, working in law enforcement for 30 years, mental health. Um, 
it's been very difficult to get our people to wake up around this issue. You know, we are not really either one of the partners. And so, but, you know, I have a business and, you know, I work with law enforcement, security, you know, the whole nine yards also help development kids, get kids into professional sports and stuff like that. Um, doing this, it just gave me an opportunity to work with my community, got an opportunity to write a book. I'm writing another book now. And um, it'll be coming out pretty soon. So that's what I do. And um, my logo is um, I speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. All right, that sounds good. Um, I go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what you got going on in the community. Yeah, thank you, Eureka, for having me on. First, I'd like to start off giving all praise to God, who's the head of my life. Thank God for being saved, sanctified, and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, as you know, my name is Isaiah Hayes. I grew up in Liberty City. Um, in my community, man, I've been teaching. I've been a health educator for like the last six years. So I go around in my community and just educate our people on, you know, financial literacy, um, HIV and AIDS, um, the statistics, the um, life skills, just to help our young men and young women uh, stay on the right path in life. And I also started my own mentoring program. It's called Building Godly Men. And within Building Godly Men, I want to teach young men, and I have been doing it, but with COVID, I haven't gotten things off the ground like I want to. And all my finances, everything I do with Building Godly Men, it comes from my pocket. I don't want to get a grant because I don't want the government telling me what to do with my young men. But with my young men, I'm teaching them HVAC, um, plumbing, electric, um, electrical work, landscaping, you know, just entrepreneurship, man. So they don't they don't have to depend on nobody when they get out of here. When they get out of high school, some may not want to go to college. So they can fall back on these trades, learning how to be an electrician or start their own landscaping company. You live in America. You know, you have those opportunities to do that. So that's what I've been doing. Right now in my community, just helping these young men stay off the streets and teaching them trades. And definitely that is, that's that's powerful right there. Uh, I know me and um, Tyranny, we always talk about that, um, where we wish that we would have had someone that was telling us about trade when we were in high school. So everybody was just pushing college. You know, you got to go to college. That's the only way you're going to be successful. And, you know, now we got all this debt and we praying to God that Biden is going to, you know, cancel our, our student loan debt. Um, so I definitely those trades are, are wonderful to have, you know, so that you can learn how to survive in the world. Um, because most of the time, to be honest with you, some of them trades make way more than what we make. We're having a bachelor's and a master's degree. So um, kudos to you um, for doing that um, for these young men. Definitely kudos to you, Sharif, as well, for helping your community and these young men as well. Um, at any time that y'all need any help or sponsors, some of these kids, definitely let me know. I would definitely like to be a part of that. Um, with my co-host, Terry, being able, this is your first time with us, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you got going on before we kick off the questions. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, what's up, everybody? My name is Tierney Hardaway. Um, I'm the owner of Did It For The Hood. Did It For The Hood is a media company that focuses on showing positive reflection of minorities doing great things in the community and telling their stories of how they got to where they are. 
the true and vulnerable truth. Um, right now, I'm currently developing a nonprofit called Neighborhood Hope, and we're also going to be dealing with kids in trade, showing them how to do college correctly. Because um, one of the things I noticed when I was coming up was people, like she said, people were pushing college, but nobody was pushing how to pick a degree that actually makes money. Nobody was pushing how to um, find proper mentorship and those other things that are soft skills. So um, that's what we focus on. Um, so that's what I'm doing, recording content and trying to push these young minds forward. All right. Definitely, man. I'm, I'm so honored to be surrounded by such powerful black men and women that's really out here trying to change the culture that we was growing up into. Um, so thank you all for what you all do. I definitely um, salute you all. So we're going to go ahead and get this started. Um, let me see who we want to start with. Let's start with Sharif again. Um, can you tell us why do you feel that Black people change from being Republicans to Democrats? Because a lot of people really don't know that. If you go back 100, maybe 200, 300, 400 years ago, we were Republicans. So can you kind of shed some light on what you think happened there? Well, well, you know, Abraham Lincoln was the party for Black folks because of allegedly emancipation approximation. Um, which he didn't free anybody, but that's a whole nother story. Um, they jumped parties because the Republicans decided they wanted, <clears throat> in the South, they wanted to be Democrats. They said Democrats were going to be the thing. And the Republicans, that's when you had like what you call so called the demagoguery. And um, these people start jumping parties and make, if you go back and look like West Virginia, for example, the governor he, who just got elected, he was a Republican, but he ran as a Democrat. And then when he got into the office, he went back as a Republican. And at that point now, the people are confused who you are. And that's why black folks got caught up and we got caught up into playing as a Democrat or Republican, but they, the Europeans, they jump party to, to try to drag the Democrats to one side or the other. And then we just got caught stuck being a Democrat and thinking that Democrat was going to do the most for us, but that's not the case. Yeah, it's, it's really not the, the case at all. Um, so before I chime in or, or Tandy chime in, I, what, what's your thought process on it? Why do you think why they made that switch? Well, I think, like you said, uh, Black people were Republicans back in the days. And when you look at Black people back in the days that were Republican, they lived better. They, you know, they had better things, you know, um, even probably... Black Wall Street, Tulsa, 1920s. I'm quite sure those people were Republican, man. They were self-sufficient. They didn't depend on nobody. You know what I'm saying? They took care of themselves. They worked hard, and they did what they did. I think the party switched when they came about with all this. Um, we on y'all side. Uh, we gonna give you this free stuff. And you know people like free stuff. You hear me? So when they start talking all that free stuff, we gonna give you this and that and that, that's when we jumped on shit. And people don't know that stuff hurt us, man. Like, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of myself, but when 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 they, well, I probably was jumping ahead of myself, so I'll hold that thought. But I think it came about when, you know, 
just the whole we on y'all side, the white liberals, and I'm not racist or nothing like that. It's just a podcast we talking. I used to be racist, but when the, we we thought they was on our side when you got the white liberals out there holding signs, protesting with us, and we thinking these people on our side. But Malcolm X already told you like they're not for you, man. I'm not your people. So I think the switch came about just basically. We gonna give you this and give you that. You ain't gotta work. You ain't gotta do nothing. We'll take care of you. So. Yeah, we definitely got a lot of people around here loving the free stuff and not understanding that the free stuff is really what's what's hindering us and is it's costing us from seeing the bigger prize. So we we gotta we gotta get out of that mindset. So I want to add something too, and like what the brother said, he was right. Um, we really started jumping parties like during that era, right after that era, it was like nineteen, like in the thirties, and um, because we went through um, depression and all that stuff, um, the Great Depression, and people, people was caught up into like other people things, and when we were self sufficient. You know, we were used to eat right out the field. We used to eat right out the garden. We was more healthy people. Um, and so the Europeans started giving us things. And they also really broke the family up by doing so. And if you get in, if you really get deep into it, you'll see how the Democrat actually destroyed the family. It was their system, the social systems that took place Um you know, the welfare system and things like that that actually took place that really destroyed us. Okay, so you actually led into, you actually led into the next question, actually. Uh, No, 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 you're completely fine. Um, It was, the next question is, who do you feel has um, addressed the real social issues that affect, affect black and brown people? Poverty, homelessness, you know, breaking up the family, et cetera. Well, well, the Democrats, um, they definitely exacerbated the situation a hundredfold. Um, I don't know if y'all remember the movie um, with James Earl and Claudine um, with the children. And, you know, we know that this was like a soft, sci-fi movie, but it was also reality in that era when black men was, was basically forced out the home so that the woman can get welfare and black men is also being forced <clears throat> out of labor so that, you know, they they had to get penny-any jobs. They had to fight over trash jobs and things like that. Um, Denzel, he, he talked about that a little bit in one of his movies when he was a trash man. And, um, you know, these are some of the things like the, the jobs that we was actually fighting over it wasn't, it was beneath us as a people. And um, so the Democratic implemented social social welfare and things like that, the food, um, the cheese and the, you know, and all that stuff. And so not making really excuses for black men. That's why I wrote the book. That's why we wrote the book about, you know, Black Fathers Matter, Fathers Matter, changing the narrative of black men is because what the Democrat and the Republican Party have done to us, and um, and now people really believe the hype. 
it's the hype is it's not there's not a lot of truth to it other than when we go to the poll our vote don't count so you know but that's they are the one who really implemented the social system to destroy the black family the democratic party really yeah oh, oh sorry i can chime in yeah yeah feel free feel free yeah i agree with brother sharif like I tell people, I just really started getting into politics, never really cared too much. Like, I grew up racist. You know, I didn't like white people. I didn't like the United States of America. You know, I wasn't standing for no flag. I wasn't doing none of that. I was a militant, even through college. But as I got older and I started, you know, as I got older, you know, I met, you know, I got saved. And, you know, that hate just, I, you know, God took that hate away from from me. And I started just sitting down you know, looking at things like differently, you know, start seeing things differently. Then I start seeing how the Democrat party, how things came about. And it's like, they really broke up the black family, man. When you, when you, when you wanted to be on welfare, there were three things you had to do to qualify for welfare. You couldn't have a job. You couldn't have a savings. And you couldn't have a man in a home. So once you kick a black man out of his home with his kids, why you think these young boys run around here like this, man? Why you think the family's so broken up? You know what I'm saying? Then they want to talk about, and I might be jumping by what, what the thought in my head, I want to talk about it. They want to talk about Trump was separating kids at the border. We've been, they've been separating our kids. You know what I'm saying? They've been, they separated us from our fathers back in the day. Man, you better preach. Go on now. You want to talk about something separating kids at the border. First of all, if I do a crime and my kids with me, my kids not going to jail with me. They're going to take my kids, leave them right at that border, wherever they at, and I'm going to jail by myself. So we want to talk about old separated families. The Democrat Party's been doing that when they gave you welfare, man. Now nobody don't want to work. I stayed in the projects, the Scott Projects, when I got out of college. That's one of the projects in Miami. I used to get up early in the morning, go to work, 6 o'clock in the morning. I'd get up 6 o'clock in the morning. They outside drinking, smoking, playing dominoes. I come home 3 o'clock in the evening. Guess where they at? Still sitting there smoking, drinking, playing dominoes. They gonna talk about the white man. Oh, them so and so holding me back. No, you know they're not. You holding yourself back, bro. You know what I'm saying? You feeding into this Democrat game, giving you free stuff, handing you stuff. You ain't gonna never want to work. If I say, brother Sharif, sister Holloway, uh, sister Tompkins, I'm gonna give you a hundred dollars a week. You ain't gotta do nothing. What you gonna do? You gonna sit on your behind and don't do nothing? Cause I'm giving you stuff. Not knowing you could go to work, I'm only giving you 100 a week. Not knowing you could go to work and get 500 a week and better yourself. You know what I'm saying? So you got to sit there. I, I started thinking, like, these people not for us, man. Like, they really hurt our communities. They took the man out the home and look what you got. You know, they're not for us. And it's hard to wake our people up because we've been brainwashed for so many years. Like, some of my people got mad at me because I told them I was a Trump supporter. And I tell people all the time, I'm neither one of them, I'm not a Republican or I'm not a Democrat, but I'm more of a conservative and I was a Trump supporter, man. Because the man never really did nothing to, to affect black people. And that's a whole nother story. But you can't name one law Trump passed when he was in office that affected black people in a negative way. You can't. We gave up 500 billion for a cigarette ban. You know what I'm talking about? Trump had 500 billion in the platinum plan. We fumbled the bag for a cigarette ban. What I mean by a cigarette ban, that's what President Joe Biden did for the African American community. 
he banned menthol cigarettes. But y'all gave up 500 million school of choice where your kid could go to any school around the country if you want them to get a better education. We gave that up, though, for a cigarette ban because somebody told you he was racist. And that's the party. That's what the Democrat does every four years. They play on black people's emotions. They tell us somebody racist. And that's all we got to hear. Oh, that's a racist. He racist. And we run and go vote for them, not knowing they're the racist. Know what I'm saying? Hillary Clinton uh-huh. sat there and said she was Margaret Sanger's role model. Uh, that was her role model. Who was Margaret Sanger? The woman that started Planned Parenthood. That's who killed black babies. But this your, this your role model? And we sat right there, even when she came to cook me, all in my extreme and Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Man, this lady is for killing black babies, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I see brother want to talk, so I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> I, I actually want to get in on this right here. So I'm just like, um, I, you know, I'm from Liberty City. You know, I grew up, I was you born and raised over in um, uh, Karen City, the Matchboxes. And then when they shut those projects down, then I moved over to Brown Sub. Same thing. I go to school, 6 a.m. in the morning, people outside. Come back home, they outside. And what I have also have seen where people have made a living, their job is to figure out how to get over on the system. And so what always kills me is when people say, oh, nah, man, you know, black people need some help. We got to help them. They've been oppressed. I'm like, y'all talking about the same people that know how to get over that can tell you right now that, okay, if I'm living in a Section A house, if I don't pay my water bill and I get it up to $1,200, the owner of the house have to pay for it? You talking about those people? Come on. Black people is very intelligent. But just like both of y'all just said, because someone them told them, I'm going to give you something for free, that's what they want. And not understanding it's something bigger out there for you if you just be willing to work. Now, I grew up on living in hood projects. You know, my grandma was handicapped, like literally, like had walked on crutches and wheelchair and all of that. So she could not work food stamps and all that. But I saw how my grandma used to have to rob Paul just to pay Peter. So I didn't want that for my life. I told my grandmother at the age of five years old, I said, I'm going to be the only kid that you got that finished high school and college and everything and do something with myself. And I was blessed by the grace of God to actually to keep that promise. Like I'm the one that started it off and everybody else came down the line. So we as people... We really need to look at that because the them, the Democrats, they are Republicans. Like we have them on video calling us super predators. You know, when it came down to uh, what was that? That 1020 life law. That was a Democrat that did that. When it came down to that stopping frisk that was going on down there in New York, that was Democrats again, you know. And so everything that they have done, it really have not helped us at all. And, and they always every four years, they use us. We the only ones that's on the commercial. And then they play on our emotions. We like, okay, this is going to be the one that's going to help us. And then once they get in office, oh, we working on this, we working on that. But let something happen to another um, race. Let me go ahead and talk about it. Like the agent, agents got attacked. Boom, they got a law. But here we've been attacked all these years, and ain't nobody ain't did nothing for us. So it, it's just crazy just to, to see this. Like, we really got to understand. He's, like, if we, even when you go back to the Jim Crow days, like, one of the presidents that signed the law for it to be segregation was 
a Democrat. I believe his name was President Woodrow Wilson or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So, but he got a whole bridge down here in Virginia that I have to cross every day when I'm coming in and out of Washington, D.C. to get home. But again, people don't want to hear that. And I'm not telling nobody to be a Democrat or a Republican or anything. I just need for you to do research when you are voting for these people. Go all the way back to when they was young and saying stupid stuff and look at that. Stop putting ourselves in a situation where we have to pick the less of two evils. We do that every four years. We picking the less of two evils when we would just do the research and read and Google because we own our phones anyways on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook. We would know what was going on. So I'm going to go ahead and get off my soapbox and see if um, T want to jump in or Sharif want to jump in. I think I'm the only person that's not a Republican on here, <laughs> which is fine. I'm not Democratic either. I'm very much moderate. Um, I'm, I'm not fully in favor of either party, right? Because I understand what y'all are saying about the, the, how the homes being destroyed by some of the democratic policies. And I fully agree. Um, but I can't ride for Trump either because Trump has, Trump did some things that's going to affect us for a long time. And it was very sublet and a lot of people weren't paying attention. For instance, he reversed the affirmative action policy for colleges and universities, meaning that the universities had to consider race as a part of their process for in, um, letting children or people into college. Now that they don't, they can continue to be dis disproportionate. So that means it pushes us out again. Um, also, he did, what else did he do? Oh, all those, um, all those federal judges that he appointed. A lot of people don't understand how how detrimental that can be because they're take they're interpreting the law. So how the law is written, depending on how they interpret it, will depend on how it will affect our race going forward. And they're all Republican. That can be good, but that can be terrible as well because if it's too strict, it can wean the court one way. If it's too liberal, it can wean it the other way. So that can also have a detrimental effect on us coming for the next. 30, 40, 50 years, because he appointed more in his in his tenure than any other president before him. So, and all other things in a lot of different areas, historical preservation, he signed bills that were for business, not for the preservation of land for Native American people. He did a lot of other stuff, but it was very sublet. And I understand these are not black issues, but they can be black issues, is what I'm saying. Um, so I'm not really in favor of either side. I think that we have to be more well-researched and vote for people that are for our interest. That, that's just me. And sometimes it's gonna switch back and forth. Sometimes it's gonna be Republican, sometimes it's gonna be Democrat. But we do have to pay more attention to the political process and really delve into what our issues are, what we need, and understanding how to use politicians. And that's another thing. Because a lot of us are not well-versed well in politics, we don't understand the political game. We don't understand how to get laws passed. We don't understand how to get things for our interests in our community. And playing on the local game. Like a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't, you, you ask them anybody past their mayor, they can't tell you. They don't know who their city council members are. They don't know who their representatives are. They don't even know when elections take place. So I think that we all, we can blame the Republicans and Democrats, but ultimately we got to blame ourselves first for being uneducated in the process. And that's just my opinion. No, you definitely, we definitely do got to get more educated in so, what's going on. So, you know, first of all, sister, I want to thank you for bringing the heat, right? Um, and, you know, we can't do this in an hour. Uh, hopefully you revisit this very soon. I would love to be come back and, and, and finish. But what the brother and the 
the other sister was saying was, you know, it's so true. But one of the things that we do have to take responsibility for, especially now, we can't, we're not giving these, these Europeans a pass, right? We're not giving them a pass. We're not letting them get off the hook. You know, my my organization, the Freedom Fighters of the DMV, it's a lobbying group. It's a radio station. It's for profit. And I need people just like you and these people that's on here today to become a lobbying group. You know, we should not be voting Democrat or Republicans. I'm not with either one of them. I don't, I voted for Obama because I, he was black. It was symbolic. Um, I, I was in the dark with the first, you know, every, just like everybody else. We got hook, hook, line, and sinker. We got a black man. We said African-American, but he's not African-American. He's not a descendant from the slaves. All right, so that's one thing. And just because he looked like us, that don't mean that he's going to be us. And we need to understand that, too including all the black leaders that's on Capitol Hill right now, they look like us, but they don't represent us. Um, these things that we're talking about right now, we should have been addressed them a long time ago. We just had this so-called thing called Juneteenth. Everybody jumped out and got vaccinated and celebrated and had a cookout. The whole, the whole thing with Juneteenth was the fact that they were able to pull the wool over these people's eyes and keep slavery going. So the back door to this Juneteenth thing was Democrat and let's get them vaccinated. And you, we don't know nothing about this vaccine. We do know one thing for certain that we have been experimented on by the European white culture here in America and abroad. And, and for us to believe anything that's coming out of any of these people's mouths, you know, growing up in the hood, if a joker in the hood treated me different, I'm not going to be shaking his hand tomorrow. I'm not going to take nothing from him. I'm not going to eat his food. I'm not going to sit down and break bread with him. In fact, I might be trying to peel his scat back. You see what I'm saying? So, we must take that same concept, not physically, but mentally. These jokes don't have anything good for us. And we could take Juneteenth, since it was so-called pulling the wool over their eyes, we could take Juneteenth and turn that into a political party for all people that look like us. But because the power on Capitol Hill, the, the Black folks, who want to be beside white folks. We need to separate our ideals so that our ideals can be on one agenda. When we're a Democrat and we're a Republican, we don't know what our ideals are. They're never, ever going to be accomplished. Why are we fighting for voting? Why are we fighting for voting? Voting don't work for us. They have two systems. They have the Electoral College and they have the popular vote. Why we need two systems? We don't need two systems. We got over 300 million people in this country. We never, ever going to have a tie. I don't believe in getting close. 
If if you're too close, we got to have a runoff. No. No. If I win by one vote, I win by one vote. And that's how it should be. But when you have these all these other catch systems so that the European can readjust themselves like the sister down in Georgia, what's her name, Abram? Oh, yeah, Abram. She ran for governor. This, it was too close to call. They had a runoff. They did the same thing in Florida with the boy who was uh, got caught with his pants down and, you know, having sex with men. They had a runoff. Now, I don't know how true that was, but at the end of the day, that's what it looked like. That's what they implemented. But they had a runoff in these two situations, and both of those situations, the black person lost on the runoff. What was the runoff? What was the number? Was Abram leading? Leading? Was the young man in Florida, was he leading? You know, these are the questions. Because if he was behind, European will say, oh, I won. He lost. He lost by 50 votes. I won. More than likely, they was, the European was behind, so we had a system to catch it to say, we're going to have a runoff. Whether you win by one, it's like running the track. If you ever play sports, you either score a touchdown or you didn't. You either cross the finish line first or you didn't. You know, and this where Democrats and Republicans has, has got us caught up into the less of two evils. There's always something going to have us jumping this way and that way. It's never straightforward. I'm a straightforward type of person. You may not like it, but this is how I am. I'm straightforward. I'm not going to give you a riddle when I'm trying to tell you something. I'm going to tell you what I want you to know, and it's going to be on you to comprehend it. Just don't cross over it. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's where real black folks, the descendants of the slaves, who was forced in America, we have been we have been duped into playing European craziness. And, and it has led us 50 years more. We don't have a voting bill. We don't have a voting right. It's a it's an act. They got to sign every 25 years for us to vote. Every 25 years for black folks to vote. When they signed the welfare bill, who do they have in the picture? Black folks. But we know white folks are the most people who use welfare. But they use black folks' images to trick the world like it's us, just like with violence. Violence is, is so-called prevalent in our community. But European, they are very violent. Why are we talking today? Because they are violent. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut right there so somebody can get in, but, you know, since you can't do this, you can't, you, you're going to leave me all upset for the whole weekend. Hey, listen, we, we need to talk about it. And I'm definitely, like you said, we're not going to be able to touch this um, in the hour. So it definitely will be a Democrat versus Republican part two, probably most likely the second week of September. Um, but since you go, it went on and opened up that door, I'm going to go ahead and step in on it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump on Obama's neck real quick. Um, Everybody in the black community, mostly, I would say, was was on Obama's side. I mean, and we all was. That first time around, we was like, oh, my God, we about to have a black man in office. So we got out there and we voted. Like, I ain't seen black people vote like this probably ever in my life. Maybe this time around. But we really was out there because we honestly thought he was going to do something for us. And he did not. 
when when after a while you start to see the kind of laws that he was creating and passing, we're looking like, hold on now. You were in the office when this whole thing, when cops at a higher level that was being recorded was killing unarmed black and brown people, but no law for that, but you done went over there and then created the law for other things. And I'm for, I'm not gonna say I'm for it, but hey, it, you know, same sex marriage and all that. Hey, I understand that's important to people, whatever, you know, that's on you and I ain't got nothing against it. I'm not gonna even gonna really gonna touch on that. But one thing that I have never been ashamed to say is that I didn't feel that was the most important thing at the time. Yes, it was important to people, but if you got people out here losing their lives by people that are supposed to be protecting us, we might want to be putting something in place for that. Now, granted, yes, you did have, you know, the LBG community losing their lives and stuff like that. But in the end, and I might be sounding ignorant, so please forgive me. You can kind of pretend that you are not a part of the LBG community. That don't mean that you need to, but you can. But I cannot hide that I'm black. So do something to be able to protect us so that we can survive and that our kids can survive. And he wasn't doing that. We gave him a pass that first four years and said, okay, you know, he didn't want to get in there and show his butt. You know, he trying to learn what he needs to do. But then I couldn't understand the, the next four years. Why were you doing anything? Like you out of there. What they going to do? You done. You got your, your, your pension, your, your secret service for the rest of your life. Get in there and show your butt and do something so that your people can get out of the rut that they're in. And it, it was just none of that. And everybody continued to keep making excuses for that. And I, I just do not understand that. Yeah, you're right. The, um, not a fan of Obama. I voted for him because I was in college at the time. Black man. You know, I was a rebel. And people like to make this excuse. He couldn't do nothing. The first four years, Obama had the House Anderson. He could have did anything he wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Anything he wanted to do, any laws he wanted to pass, he had the power to do. I'm not against nobody. You know what I'm saying? I don't hate nobody, but I'm a man of God. I stand on God's word. You know what I'm saying? What God say in the Bible about certain lifestyles, that's what I agree with, and ain't nobody going to change my mind. Like I say, I don't hate nobody. But Obama only did something for the LGBT, or whatever the other stuff is, community. When it came to black folk, it ain't got nothing. It wasn't nothing there for us. You know what I'm saying? And another reason why I woke up from the Democrat Party because it's like everything they stand for, it goes against what I believe, my faith in God. I'm not killing babies, man. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in two men marrying each other. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody have a right to be, you know, how they equal rights and be treated fairly. I'm not saying you go around beating on gay men and, and gay women and stuff like that because nobody should be treated like that. But you know what I'm saying? The Bible is the Bible. The word of God says a man and a woman, you know? And I don't think that should have passed. Those, those were issues that, like you just said, that should have, if you're going to do something like that, bro, put that on the back burner. Let's talk about some real problems. You know what I'm saying? Help people that really need help. And like you said about the police shooting black people down. But people may like that started under Trump. That been happening, man. That been going on. So, you know, he, he didn't do nothing, man. And he had the power to do it in the first four years he was in office. But we make excuses for this guy because He's black, just like we want to make excuses for Kamala Harris. What has she done? Nothing. 
but look crazy, get this old silly grin every two minutes when somebody talks to her. That's about it, man. No, she so, she did something in um in uh when she was in California. She sent a lot of black people to jail for marijuana. Oh no, she did a lot. Oh yeah, she built her whole career off sending the black man to jail for some drugs. Her and Joe Biden. If you look at tapes, right? You can't find their tape with Trump calling no black person the N-word, none of that stuff. Everybody like to talk about the central part five, but like I said, we don't have enough time on here to talk about that. There's a reason why Trump said what he said with that. But that's what everybody like to bring up, Central Part Five. But after that, black people were still President Trump friend. Right after the Central Part Five, you didn't hear people talk about Trump was no racist. Oh, he only became a racist because he ran for president. But if you look on the internet, right, and this man been around for years, find things that he said about black people. And he been around for so long, you ain't gonna find nothing like that. But you go on the internet and type in Joe Biden. When he calling you super predator, when he, uh, when he called the women of the Confederacy fine women. And we like to say, oh, Trump called the, the white supremacists very fine people. That's a whole nother story we could dissect too. There were four groups of people out there that day. He didn't call white supremacists fine people. See, people got selective hearing. They want to hear what they want to hear. They want to see what they want to see. The news want to break and chop stuff up and put it out there for you to see just this one side. But Joe Biden got... Look, from 1976, 81, all these bills he passed, 94, they affected black men, man. So that's my little opinion about it. I don't know if somebody else want to talk. I'm sorry for going on. You know. Oh, you know. Oh, oh, can I can I slide in, Sharif? I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. We, we definitely need to hear from Tierney on this one. Y'all <laughs> said a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how to address some of it. So um, with the okay, when Eureka started out talking about police brutality, right? So I used to be in law enforcement. I was six and a half years as a police officer. One thing you're not going to be able to correct a system of injustice that was created systemically with one bill. So there was nothing Obama could have created that would have changed the way policing is done immediately. I mean, there, we have cameras and stuff now. We have those type of things that are like preventative measures and all those things. But you ain't gonna, you're not just gonna change the whole culture of the United States with a bill. So I can't, I can't lay that on him. I can't put that on him. But do you think he could have laid the groundwork for it? Um, put stuff into motion so that change can be begin. I think he could have. I think he could have. However, I'm also not in the political space to know what was happening at that time. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but yes, I do think he could have laid some groundwork. As far as the LGBTQ plus thing, somebody pointed something out to me like two days ago that I never even thought about. And they said, you realize that one of the reasons why that got passed so easily is because white men are also a part of the gay community. I never even thought about that. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So they can step into spaces that we couldn't necessarily step into to get things passed. It wasn't people that looked like us. It was people that were on the other side. Um, I can't say that Obama did absolutely nothing because I benefited a lot from the things that Obama did as far as for education, the high school graduation rate. I was working in a high school at that time. So I can't say that. Uh, but I, I would say that a lot of things he did were not publicized because it, it may be because of him being a black president. And it, it gave us a sour taste because we expected something instantaneous. But Obama could not fix our, our issues are systemic. He couldn't fix it in eight years. 
And then as soon as he left, a lot of the things that he did do were undone immediately. Even his Affordable Care Act was an attempt to address health issues amongst us. As you know, uh, the African-American community is number one for what do they call um, predisposed conditions or whatever they call diabetes, heart disease, those things. Those things were direct, uh, directly affecting us and benefiting us. They turned that around immediately and tried to make it more difficult for it to attain it. So, I, again, I'm not on either side, but I don't think we can just directly attack the Democrats, specifically Obama, because also we have to give him a little bit of leeway. And people don't want to hear this. He was the first black president. Let's call a spade a spade. He had to lay the foundation and be perfect, close to perfect, because he had to do that in, in order for another black president to come behind him a Kamala Harris or so on and so forth. Because if he had come in there and messed up stuff, we would have never seen another person of color, period, ever. So he had to also come in there and be the people's president. We don't like that, but that's politics. No, you, you're definitely correct. We, um, you know, we can't argue in reference to him feeling like he had to, you know, make it seem like he was perfect. Um, but what I will say, and again, this might be me just sounding ignorant again, um, the one thing that I definitely appreciated about Trump, and again, I am not, I know I am not a Trump fan, but one thing I did appreciate about him, he showed us that you can get in there and you can go rogue a little bit and get some stuff happening. But he's that, a white, he but went he's in a there and went rogue. He's a and white man. We, I would have just liked to see Obama go rogue maybe the last year. Just give us something. That's all I'm trying to say. Just something. Like we voted for you and you gave us nothing. Like, we were so happy you got in there. I'll never forget at Cookman, how we jumped over there in the, y'all remember the little, what that was, the little um, pond over there by the um, by the cafeteria, the fountain. And they had to have a big old assembly because we done told Cookman down because we like, yeah, we got a black president in office and just nothing. And it was just, it was very disheartening for a lot of us. Like you said, no, he could not have fixed something that has been happening for 500 years and eight years. I would have just would have liked to see him put stuff in motion, be openly talking to us and saying, hey, y'all, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I have put in front of the Senate, the Congress and whatnot. So at least we know openly that you are trying to do something. So that's just my opinion on that. I, I look like Sharif want to jump in and then we're going to go ahead and move to the next question so we can I can keep my word and get y'all up out of here in the time to matter. I'm, I'm going to say this real brief. <clears throat> I'm not asking Obama to over, overthrow 500 years, 600 years of slavery or anything like that. But you could have done one thing for us. And as a member of Reparation Now, we sent this guy a letter in COVID, we sent them a letter. It's another organization I'm involved in. In COVID, we sent them a letter. He wanted, he wanted almost 100,000 signatures before he even looked at the letter. We got the signatures. And what we was asking for, we, get, we gave him a 10-point bulletin, but we were asking for one thing. And the one thing that we was asking for, hey, give us some monies so that we can organize we don't need another study on reparations. We want to now have a town hall meeting with the with America as a whole, especially the descendants of the slaves. And this man walked out of office after eight years. On his watch, there was more black people being murdered every day by police officers on his watch. Joe Biden called us predator. 
which was his vice president. Kumala Harris, that's what I call her, Kumala Harris, she is a joke. She don't even want to be a black woman. She already said that she's not black. She already said that she's not going to do, there's not going to be a separate bill for black folks. She already said this. When did she say she did? Yes, she did. It's a video where a sister was interviewing her and asked her, what do you plan to do for black people? And homegirl said, I am not doing nothing for black people because whatever I do for for America, it should and it will benefit black people. Oh, no, she out loud. I can send you the video. When did she say she wasn't black? No, no. She said that she's Asian addict. That's what she said. She's not black. She do not identify herself as a black woman. She went to school with a lot of black men. She chose a white man to be a husband and have no children. Mr. Mr. Sharif, that's a whole nother no, topic. No, 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 I'm not getting into the race thing. I'm not no, getting into because that's a whole other issue. <laughs> right, right, I got that. Hey, you can marry whoever you want to, but my thing, this is my thing. With us, when we get to places that we supposed to be representing our people because you used us, you used us. Now, you don't want to be with us. And we have to call a spade a spade, and that's what she did. She used the Black experience to get where she needed to be at, and then she bounced. She denounced Black women. She denounced Black women. And for black women to defend her at this juncture, we will be, you're totally doing yourself a disservice. And this is the problem when we want to hold on to these symbols and these symbols not representing us as a whole. This goes with Obama, Kamala Harris, um, you know, Clarence Thomas, you name them. Um, They used us to get where they need to be at. Then they got there and they broke bread with the European. Yep, you're right on that. Like I say all the time, I said she, I never heard her really talk about being um, from my HBCU and being a member of Africa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. But when it was time for her to run, she put all that out there because now you got all the HBCUs across the world like, oh my God, oh, we, we got to put this person in office. For the first time ever, we're going to have an HBCU person in office. Oh, we're going to have a, a, a Greek in office. And once she got up in there, that's it. We don't really hear her and say her doing nothing. I get it. You know, Kenny always tell me, Eureka, she, you know, they vice president. There's only so much they can do. But mm. don't be trying to head to the barbecue when you want something. But then once you get what you need, then you going back over there eating on your dog on carbiate. Nah, hang out at the barbecue and go through the struggle with everybody else so that we can get up out of this together. Let me let me slide in here and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Ike talk because I I've been waiting patiently. Okay, first of all, I forgot to mention this too when you talked about Kamala Harris prosecuting folks for marijuana. Let's be clear, Kamala Harris was a prosecutor. Her job was to prosecute people. <laughs> I but mean, you don't send people to jail for all those years for some weed. But she was prosecuting weed. people illegally. Illegally, that's the difference. You can how prosecute. Is, how you prosecute people illegally? How was she prosecuting? She was violating people's rights. How? Through her, through her, through her process. As many people, there was getting longer terms, all these different type of things. People that look like I and you, look like me and you, they was getting longer terms. 
She wasn't overturning their cases. The whole, the whole, the whole gamut. Her whole system was about keeping people that look like us incarcerated in California. And it wasn't that she, because she's a prosecutor, she was doing it illegally. And you go back and look at the record, you can see now where they're overturning some of those cases because what she did. It wasn't because she prosecuted people, but because she prosecuted them illegally. Okay, I can't I can't lean into that because I don't know that to be true. So I'm gonna just let that ride. I don't know. I don't know about that. Research on it. What's the sister? Uh, I don't know that to be true. But the, what the I was Mexican saying, that was running for president, the female, and when they was doing a um uh, president, well not president, well, I guess presidential candidate debate. Oh, yeah, that Mexican put it all out there on her and mm -hmm. had proof. And because mm -hmm. I only, the, the only that the reason that raises like my spidey sense a little bit is because she didn't get kicked out of her position as prosecutor. She literally moved on in politics. So if that was the if that was the case, I can't see her being able to just literally walk out of her position, especially as a black woman. That would have been a, a thorough opportunity for them to throw her out. So that's the only reason why I say I don't know. Black, so I'm, she's I'm, not, I'm, not being backed black. by black folks. She's being backed by white folks. Yep. <laughs> so he got a point. Black folks ain't got no juice. Yeah, folks, to be we honest got no with you. We, not, we, and, not, we don't have any juice. And look, sorry, who she was and look who she was throwing in prison. So they was all for her. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't the only people that went to prison, y'all. It wasn't, but the, it was a, the, but the high percentage were black men getting thrown in prison behind her and Joe Biden laws, man. It really I, the, but, why do you think Joe Biden chose her? But the laws are what made it disproportionate, not her. Because we're disproportionately thrown in jail for all drugs across the United States, not just California. There was a guy got out. There was a guy that went to prison for marijuana charges. I forgot his name. I just read read this guy yesterday. Uh, he went to prison for marijuana three times. He was like a three three time loser. So they put this man in life in prison for life for marijuana, right? Trump parted this dude. We don't talk about these people, Trump parting all these black folk. You know, Trump parted uh, one of the death row records um, CEOs. Death row records? <laughs> Think about that. Who wants somebody from death row records to be parting out of the prison? People known gangsters, man. But, but that's because Trump was pandering to black people. Like, no, let's stop. Trump, let's stop. No, with, the, with all the parties. Did he part and call that black? He never planned Yeah, he did. Didn't he, wait, didn't he pardon Kodak Black? Yeah, stop. but he did. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Let's stop. Kodak Black, Kodak Black been his friend. Lil Wayne been his friend. Before, Sir. I'm telling you, he's been his friend. <laughs> but the thing is, he never pandered, even when he was trying to get in office. He told black people, hey, what do you got to do? We call him a racist because he said that. It's true. Look around you. Look around you, sis. Every rundown in America is run by a Democrat. Thank you for touching on That was one of the Everywhere. questions. All of the Democrat states, I mean, people that send Senate and whatnot, they 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 cities and states look a mess. San Francisco, uh, D.C., Chicago, a mess. Like homeless population is through the roof. Oh, you get we we've had this conversation. You get no arguments from me. Okay, you get no arguments there. Zero. But go ahead, Ike. I wouldn't try to cut you off. No, I'm just saying, you know, it's it's all it's just ran down by like Democrats, man. Oh, it's just and 
I don't even know what I was saying. We done said so much. We talked. <laughs> hey, but I love the conversation, man. I love y'all, man. I'm just, I'm gonna be quiet, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, listen, we want everybody to talk and, and say it out there. But like, we we definitely gonna come back and finish this the second week of September. So I'm hoping everybody is free for this. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, um, I, I know. Uh, let me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut myself off with this. Um, I know that as African Americans, I know that we have expectations of our politicians, as we should. Right. I'm not not negating none of y'all are saying y'all made great points, 150 percent. But I I don't believe in tearing down our politicians while we got companies staring at us. You feel what I'm saying? Because they want us to tear them down as well. And and we got a base like I can't like even with the Kamala Harris argument, you say, oh, she leaned into being from HBCU. She leaned into this, that and the third. She did nothing different than any other politician. That's politics. Yes, you lean into the crowd that you can uh, that's on your side. Black people are a heavy ba- voting base. We need them. Come on, help us vote. Who knows if she would have got into office without it, right? Yeah, but now that you done got in office and then you done um, got all the HBCUs and the Greeks to vote for you, now we looking at you. We looking for you to, to, to look at Joe and say, Joe, like she said, Joe, we did it. Joe, I need you to do something. Was a, we were expecting that. Obama, I mean, not Obama. Uh, Biden has come in trying to restore things that Trump did, the negative things. He's coming back in trying to get rid of some of the things that he got rid of from Obama that were good. And she's doing her thing as a vice president. Now, can I lie? I don't know what a vice president does fully. I know that they work, you know, over the Senate and the House and stuff like that, but I don't really know what else they do. So we have to pay attention more to what she's doing so we can figure it out. But I can't sit there and throw stones at her because I don't know what she's doing. So you like, actually oh led into that to the next question uh, right here. Now you say, you know, you feel that Joe is coming in and he's doing some stuff. Now, from what I have seen so far, I could be wrong. Since he's been in office, more taxes has been taken out of my check. Now, I am a single woman. I ain't got no kids because I want to be married before I start popping out anything. So more taxes being out of my check. I, I'm tired of watching four and $500 leave my check every two weeks. I'm tired of that. So I've watched that. And when, when again, I, and I, I hate that I am so up on Trump right now. This is so crazy. I guess I'm sticking up for my Gemini brother today. Um, Gas was low. We actually could use five dollars as gas again. You know, you could get your friend to run me up the street real quick. I got five dollars on your tank. We can't do that now. Gas is ridiculous now since Biden has been in office. So I'm not really sure what he's doing that is helping. Let's let's. I'm, I'm going ahead and lead into this. This uh, addiction ban. I'm sorry, my coworkers was on my head the last two nights because I said. Heck no. Why are y'all extending this mess? Now, you done got all these stimmies and these tax returns, and you know you got two, three plus kids. Oh, they getting ready to drop about six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars on you. Why you weren't paying your rent? But here go the Democrat. Oh, let's extend it again. Oh, we gonna sleep outside of the, the Capitol building so that they can extend this. For what? What? We had people literally, I'm pretty sure Sheree probably getting the same phone call because we both work in the same um, uh, office. People talking about they're going to kill themselves because they owe twenty dollars and $40,000 with the back rent. And they own a, own a Section A voucher. They didn't pay their rental portion. And they was receiving a check the whole time, getting food stamps twice a month. But that's what the good, that's what, that's what old, old Joe doing. So I don't really know what he's doing. 
in reference to uh, to just help people as a whole right now through this whole pandemic, other than trying to push this all vaccine, that I am tired of people pushing it. I, no, I don't want to do that. I, I'm going to put my mask on. I'm going to make sure I'm safe. I'm going to get my seed moss and, and black seed oil, all of that to make sure my immune system is high, but I'm not putting that vaccine in my body. It doesn't even stop you from getting it. It doesn't even stop you from spreading it to somebody. So what is the purpose? I know I went on a tangent just now. No, you good. You good money. Like, I can't. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say that our, our system on either side is perfect. It's not. And when you talk about the money and the people, the young brother on here said he helps with financial literacy. You got a, a system that was created where these people are financially illiterate on purpose. So now all of these things are coming home to roost. So it's like, OK, these people that you have created to be consumers. Now nobody saw a pandemic coming. Now you got to take care of these people that you created to be consumers because you can't have all of them sitting on the side of the street. So why not? That'll teach a lesson. Ain't nothing harder than, a, than you going through the season. Because if you keep bailing them out, how they ever going to learn? No, you know you got to pay your rent. Let us not pay our rent. They're going to put agree. our butts out. I agree, but okay. Now let me be specific for the audience because I understand that not only African, not only African Americans are on the welfare system, and we're disproportionately blamed for the welfare system because there are other people. So let me be clear: I know that I'm just specifically talking about black people for this audience for, for what we're talking about. Um, Fifty, I think it's fifty percent. I think the educated blacks forget that fifty percent of African Americans are still living in poverty, right? So half of our race is still not over the hump. So if you mess around and let this slip and just say, okay, well, they're gonna have to figure it out. What what's the 50% gonna do? What are we gonna what, what, are, they, what are they gonna do? Because they're literally a, a large percentage are not trained with vocational skills or adequate training to be able to support themselves. A lot of them don't have the education necessary. I'm not saying for everyone, I'm just saying some. What are we gonna do with them? If you don't have no training, no real skills, and I say, okay, boom, I'm gonna snatch what you've been raised on, I snatch it from under you. What we, what's the what's the alternative? Because they're not going to have This is my right thought now. process on that. This is where I think the Republicans make the most sense. Sure. The Republican is not down with continue to do have this welfare system and continue okay. to keep giving people stuff. They're not. You know, like they have been trying for a long time to snatch the Section 8, snatch the food stamps and whatnot so people can get back out to working. And so that's what I think needs to be done. If people have to be on welfare, whatever section eight, it needs to be a limit. At the bare most, you got four years. In that four years, you need to get some type of trade or you need to go get an associate degree or you need to go do something so you could get the training that you need so that you could get off that and be able to be self-efficient and not have to continue to keep depending on the system. That's how you that's how you solve that. But only the Republicans think like that and say, nah, man, we don't want to, we don't like people got mad because what's the dude name McCartney or something like that? McCartney, whatever his name is, he didn't want to give people two thousand dollars. No, you don't need no two thousand dollars. You know all these jobs out here hiring right now. What you told me, you said uh what it is, uh McDonald was giving out iPhones 12 just for people to work. Then people giving out signing bonus for people to work. Go and get the doggone jobs and stop letting people give you something that is you think is free, but really it's not. When you die, you got no life insurance policy. You got nothing to give to your kids but debt. I, 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 would, love to, I would love to hear what you got to say about this. I, yeah, I like what you said too, uh, Tierney. 
earlier about, you know, not beating down a politician. I want to make this clear. As a man of God, I pray for these people every day. I pray for Obama. I pray for Trump. I pray for Kamala Harris. I pray that they do the right thing for everybody, all Americans, black, white, orange, purple, blue, whoever you are. You know, I pray for them. But, you know, some of the stuff that things that they do is is, is just not right. But like um, Eureka was just saying about the welfare, the food stamps and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not against nobody needing a, a hand up in life, needing some help. I'm not against that. But I have a stepsister. My stepsister got to be probably 50 now. All my life, I've never seen this girl have a job. But this girl had two, three houses. Every car you could name, she got everything off the system. You know what I'm saying? Who paying for that? Me, taxpayers, people paying for that. So you need to get off your behind, go get a job, and do something with yourself. I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't have a problem with, you know, yeah, if you need some housing assistance, you need this and that. Everybody need help, man. Ain't nobody just come out their mama from with, you know, got it made. Like, everybody needs some help. But I also want to say this, too. When it comes to me, yeah, I use the term what they do for black people. You know, what they going to do for black people, what they going to do for black people. I use it because I get it when people say that. But my thing is, as a man, as a strong man, I don't need nobody to do nothing for me. You know what I'm saying? Every morning God breathed the breath of life in my body, I'm going to go out there and do it on my own. I don't need no politician, no black man, no white man, no nobody. To, to, I'm not going to sit around and wait on the next man to do nothing for me. I'm a man. I'm going to get up and do it for myself. If I got to go cut yards to feed my family, that's what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? If I got to go wash pots and I done it before, clean bathrooms and all that to feed my kids and my wife, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not sitting around waiting on no politician. You know what I'm saying? And like I say, you live in America. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been home watching a lot of documentaries on different countries. and You know what I'm saying? If you don't wake up, if Americans don't wake up, we're going to end up like Cuba, Venezuela. We're going to end up into communism, man. That's what this administration is going into. When they forcing stuff on you, mandating stuff on you, that's against your constitutional right, man. That's like when you go to Cuba, them people ain't got no rights. You do what we tell you, and that, or that's it, or get your head knocked off. You go to Venezuela, we do what we tell you, or get your head knocked off. I've been watching a lot of stuff, documentaries on different countries, right? And seeing how these people live, Brazil, Venezuela, Colombia, Haiti, like they in poverty, they poor. You know what I'm saying? They don't have like the freedoms that we have over here in America. And I sit back and watch black people, and not just black people, I sit back and watch people complain, oh, America this, America that, America racist. So you only worried about somebody not liking you because of your skin color, but people in other countries, they worrying about, is they gonna eat in the morning? How they gonna feed their family? You know what I'm saying? You over here in America, you got all these opportunities. Don't tell me you can't be nothing to the white man holding you back. Now, Brother Sharif is the only one on here probably that, well, let me see. Let me put it like this. Well, we we could say that, too. When we was growing up, we didn't have YouTube, right? When we was growing up, we didn't have cell phones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All this technology today, you could go on YouTube and learn how to be a plumber. You could go on YouTube and learn how to fix ACs. You could go on YouTube and learn how to be whatever you want to be, but to sit back and say, ain't no opportunities out here for you. You're a victim because you're black. 
man, you got opportunities to go on YouTube and learn how to do all this stuff and open up your own business. You know what I'm saying? This is the land of the free. There's opportunities here. But if you go to these other countries where they ain't got no computers, you can't go out there and say, oh, I'm going to start my landscaping company to make me some money. Go out there and try it if you want to. They're going to kill you and take your money. So I probably just went on a whole little rant. I don't know. I'm just... No, you're you right on the money. You're right on the money. I, I, I have one question. I got a question, though. I agree with you. But how do we shift the, the mentality? Because it's been so ingrained. How do we shift the, the mentality? mentality? I think you sometimes, you just got to go we ahead and just and do it. Like, you got to pull the rug sometimes in front of these people. Stop giving them that cushion to, 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 lay, to lean on. Like, it really needs to be, all right, starting... Uh, September 1st, you have to do X, Y, and Z to maintain these benefits. And you only got four years to do X, Y, and Z. There would not be no extension. We're going to give you some caseworkers to kind of help you with it, do whatever you need, but you have to be making some progress. We got to go ahead and just do the doggone thing because if we keep talking about it, people are going to still think we bull squatting and they're going to continue to keep doing what they're doing getting over on the system. And let me say this real quick. We, we the mentality, like you were saying, we like to say this phrase, we are not our ancestors. You right, you not, because our ancestors were strong. Yes, they you, were. You, 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 talking, you talking about people that came up in slavery, after slavery, Jim Crow laws, and they still manage in the 1920s to have 600 businesses. You know what I'm saying? Doctors and lawyers and they own airports and all this stuff, going through segregation, going through all this stuff. Madam C.J. Walker managed to become a billionaire in a time where it was Jim Crow laws, black codes, and all that stuff. Mary McLeod Bethune managed to build a school in the era of Jim Crow laws, segregation, and all that stuff. And you mean to tell me you can't do nothing right now? Black banks have the stuff they went through. And you mean to tell me you can't, you a victim now? Yeah, you not your ancestors, because they were strong. These black people, a lot of young black people these days talking about the older brother like Sharif. They weak, man. Oh, I'm a victim. I'm, I can't do nothing because I'm black. They were black. Dr. Mary Clyde Bethune was black. You know what I'm saying? The people in Tulsa was black. And they had it harder back then. I'm quite sure mm-hmm. brother Sharif, when he was growing up, he had it harder back then. I ain't saying America ain't got this problem because there's racism still exists. But it ain't like it was back then when those people were growing up and they still manage to make it, you know what I'm saying? To make ends meet without complaining. Imagine if they would have gave up like a lot of these weak people nowadays. We are still being shackled, man. <laughs> Amen. I think Brother Sharif wanted to talk. Yeah, yeah. Sharif, go ahead and I'll wrap this up with us. I know we done said a lot, but we're going to go ahead and let you go ahead and anchor this right quick for us. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say um, I'm blessed to be here today and be amongst you bright minds, you young people. I love it. I love the fact that y'all got something different. Everybody brings something different to the table, and that's a blessing. I say find someone just like you, attach them to you, and y'all make it happen. Um, You know, whenever the creator is ready for me, I'm going to be ready because I'm going to leave it all on the table, right? And for you guys to invite me in is really um, like the little, you know, the little thing on the back of your neck when you feel that, that, that love, right? And I feel that from, from you young people. 
Um, I have children y'all age. And um, <clears throat> and for the CEO to be so emotional and attached to your community and your ideas, it just makes me want to go out and do even more. Um, because people of my age have not done what they're supposed to do. We got to pass the torch on so that y'all can have a better start. And um, I get my motivation from my ancestors. We are not stronger than our ancestors. We never gonna be stronger than our ancestors, but we damn sure have the ability to make our ancestors great and make us great by one of the things y'all was talking about, these systems. I don't wanna see nobody, especially people that look like us, suffer. But a lot of us, we got to call it like we call it. A lot of us is taking advantage of the system right now. Sister and I, we work in the COVID. You know, I've been very fortunate. She's been fortunate. I don't know. We go in places that you wouldn't dream of being people live there. And we got to go in there. We got to go in there and do assessment. We got to go in there and deal with the mental health. We got to go in there and make sure that people are safe. And I see abuse, financial abuse in our community where we will take monies that we can actually, we'll take monies and go and give it to somebody else that the work that we could do for ourselves. We have to do this work. We got to do this work. We cannot give money to people, not that they don't deserve it, but we are making jobs for other people that don't look like us. You have to find more like-minded people like yourself, and we got to come together and get a think tank. I know we all got, we got, sister, you got, you got problems that you want to solve. We got to put this on paper, and we got to be able to take this paper. You know, I did a pie, and I, I would like for all of y'all to do this pie. You know, you got eight slices of pie. Right, put a topic at each end of the pie and write what you think need to be done in that in that one slice. That is our community, and you take that eight slices. Whether you talk about the church, whether you talk about reparation, whether you talk about racism, whether you talk about school, whether you talk about finance, you take that pie and you write in that pie in that slice what you think should be done in that slice. And you still not going to solve the issues that is in our community. So as a whole, <clears throat> the only way that we're going to solve it, we got to take a slice of the piece. One slice, and we got to solve that slice. We got to solve it. And the only way that we're going to do it, we got to work together. We got to have like-minded people. We got to have a think tank. All these black leaders who have gone forward, <clears throat> they never had a think tank for us. They don't have town hall meetings for us. We got to demand this type of thing. We got to demand that. That's the only way that we're going to get better and get stronger. We got to demand it from those leaders. I'm not knocking them down. I'm, I'm picking them up because they done got, done got complacent. And that's where we at. You know, we're in the complacency era, but we blame, 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 and we take no responsibility. We have to take responsibility as a people. And if we don't do that, we're going to continue to kick this can down the road another 50 years, and y'all going to have the gray hair, and y'all going to be talking to somebody else that look like you, that's young, 
and you're going to try to figure out why we didn't get it done. I'm here for you. I appreciate you. Um, you are God sent. Don't let nobody stop your spirit. You know, fight for what you believe in. Stand up hard. And always reevaluate yourselves. Reevaluate yourself. Did I do anything wrong in this in this interview today? Did I did I give it my all? Um, did I hold back? Um, was I tactful? You know, we got to evaluate ourselves so that we can be stronger and better the next time that we come out. Every time I step out, every time I step out the house, I want to know that I got something to give. You know. And um, the organization that you join, make sure that your organization is strong. The organization that you start, make sure that you lead it in a direction that you know that they're going to help the people, not the money. Don't worry about the money. The money going to, if money comes, it comes. If it don't, it don't. You know, everything I've done, <clears throat> I got a security company. I run a radio station. I got an advocacy program where we go to Capitol Hill and, 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 and chew it up, chew the fat, um, and holler and scream. You know, these things come directly out of my pocket. And I'm still not getting all my tax money back. But if this was European, if a European was doing what I'm doing, he'd be a millionaire right now. I'm helping our people, and our people don't want to help themselves. And... This COVID has given us a lot, has given them a lot. There's people who got twice their salary in monthly. I know people got $1,000 for food stamps a month. And you're going to tell me that you can't pay your rent? You got, and I'm, I'm not racist. I can't be racist. You know, you come across the board and you get something for free. I work, I don't been working almost 40 years. I'm 60 years old. And you look good, I'm, brother. You look good. I'm proud of this six though. Because at the end of the day, I still can play basketball, I still can run, jump, and ain't got no medical conditions. But it's about what we're gonna do next. And every time I walk out the house, it's like. I think about my people. My people comes first. And um, since I really thank you for allowing me to be on this show, um, I applaud you. I applaud your friends. I think that these um, two individuals that's on the mic here tonight, today, I think that that's a part of your think tank where y'all can bounce stuff off of one another. And anytime that y'all need anything from me, I'm more than willing to help. You know, we got to come together, young, old, and indifferent. I don't care about your sex. I don't care about your, you know, who you marry. I care about your character. If your character is good, whether you black, white, or whatever, we're going to make it happen. But if your character is not right, I can't work with you. I can't do nothing for you. Because you get me into a place that I don't want to be in. I don't even allow my family members to come in my house and argue or, or have crazy discussions. You take that stuff somewhere else and come to me with the stuff that they're going to help us. You know, because they're going to bog you down. Your creative thinking is so important. When you're writing a book, you can't be around your friends jumping around doing this. 
you know, when you're doing this type of work, you got to have creative thinking. And that's what y'all are doing right now. You're having creative thinking. And that that thought is going to resonate one day. And I, I see it in you guys. And I believe in you. And I really thank you for allowing me to be on the show today. Thank you so much, Brother Sharif. We appreciate you for coming in. Um, I'm going to do the wrap up really quick, y'all. Uh, each one of you, please tell us where, where the audience can find you on social media or anything you have coming up. I can you go ahead and start. You can find me on Facebook. My name is Isaiah Ike Hayes. Send a friend request at your own risk because it's all about Jesus on my page. You got any projects coming up they need to look for or anything like that? Well, no, I had a book bag giveaway that was coming up in my um, area in Liberty City, but I wasn't able to do it. I want to thank uh, my sister Eureka for at least, you know, trying to donate some things to me. So just stay tuned for next year and stay tuned for, you know, some more things coming out with Building Godly Men mentoring program if you want your son to be a part of it. No matter what color he is, you know, I'm for everybody, black, white, whoever you are. I'm just here for the children to help them be better in life. So stay tuned for that. Oh, uh, Brother Sharif, do you have anything coming up or your social media? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I got a book signing coming up pretty soon. I'm going to let you guys know that. Um, you can, um, I'm going to give Eureka my attachment to the book and um, so that she can post it in this and y'all's thing. But you can always find me at freedomfightersofthedmv.com and you can get information from that site and that site going to lead you to other stuff. And from there, you'll be able to get all of me. Freedom Fighters of the DMV. It's spelled out just like that. And um, also, I forgot to tell you guys, um, I've also been doing a lot of work with the United Nations. Um, we got, right now, we got documented 56 different ships that came directly from Africa. And I am the photographic artist for the United Nations to document and photograph these um, these events. What we're doing, we're putting markers up. We got we got um, five places in North Carolina, a couple places in Florida and um, Louisiana, where these ships came directly from Africa. There was a lot of ships, but those other ships was coming from, you know. Europe and places like that, the islands and stuff like that. They were trading slaves, molasses, sugar, and all that stuff amongst the, the European nations. So that's, that's one of the main things that please look at this site. I'm going to send y'all this site. Um, I'm going to send that to y'all too, but you can go and see like in your city or your town or your state where certain slave ship came that brought Africans that may be connected to you um, we are putting markers up in your in your state. So uh, I'm going to give that stuff to the sister too so she can put it on and y'all can please join us. Join we'll us. We'll the do. United Nations, it's a beautiful thing. We'll uh, do. Can you tell you, us what you, what you got going on with um, Did It For The Hood and where, we, where we can find you at? All right. So Did It For The Hood, we're on every platform. We're getting ready to launch the YouTube page, relaunching the Instagram page. Um, I'm fixing the website as we speak, so we should be back up in two weeks. Um, so you can go on there, buy merchandise, your support. Um, also, go on to the Instagram page, watch the videos, like, share, subscribe, just share. We just want more people to see us. Um, we're telling the stories of young professionals, uh, young people are just impact leaders in the community and um, how they got to where they are. 
And um, it's the vulnerable side, the real side, not the, oh, I just went to school. Like, no, I have people on there. One young man was an attorney. He had to sleep in his car and work at the Waffle House while he was trying to take the bar exam, like those type of things. So um, just come on, look uh, at Did It For The Hood on Instagram, YouTube page. Um, my, my personal page is T Hardaway 561. I do my 3 a.m. thoughts um, and that's we're out here. So just look out for things that's coming. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so I would just like to just thank you all for taking time out of your Saturday um, to come on to support me, to have this really deep discussion. Thank y'all for not holding back and for putting it all out there. Like I said, part two will definitely will be out that second week in um, September. So I'm praying that um, all of my sister and my brothers that they are ready and available that day to be able to do this. Um, you all know y'all can follow She's So Out of Order on all um, social uh, medias. Um, if you go to she's so out of order, um, .com, um it'll lead you to um, all of my pages and um, you know what we're going to have going on. Um, if y'all have anything that y'all need help with, definitely don't feel ashamed to reach out. Um, I'm here for you. Um, I, I did end up getting those book bags, so I got four boxes in my car, book bags for you. So the next time I'm down in Miami, I'm going to go ahead and um, give them to you just so that you can store them when it's time for you to do what you need to do. Um, so as I close out, I just want to just um, leave you all with a quote by Zig Ziglar. If you are not willing to learn, no one can help you. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. So thank you all. Y'all have a good rest of your day. And we will be back same time, same place of She's So Out of Order podcast. Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen. Look around, yeah, I'm the token. Shining on them, yes, I'm the token now. Real bright, call me the golden child. Look around, I'm the one that's chosen.